Wow, you guys, I'm listening to Mina in the background, but this is kind of just to show how there's a disconnect, I think, between like black women and other women. And I, I don't I'll, I'll probably circle back in another day or two and, and kind of talk of like give more examples of how, you know, when I talked about um, my freshman year in in college, the. Uh, we had to take a class on feminism and women's rights and stuff like that. And there was talking about the disconnect between part of the reason the feminist movement failed was because it got to a crossroads where the needs of the black woman and the needs of the white women were so different. And even when you look at the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if black women were fighting for just basic I just want to be seen as equal. I just want equal pay. I just need a roof over my head. I just need food on the table for my kids. I want job opportunities, right? Um, and even fast forward to 2022 now, where it's still in 2022, it still takes a black woman 243 days more of work to get the equal pay of, of the next, you know, of that of a white man. So... We still have those things. And I think that it's so easy for you to check into work alongside your, you know, your black, the black women that work with you and and just not really fully understand it to that to that um, scale. But here's what I found so even interesting, too. This will kind of give you a little bit of light, I think. Um, and, and I really do want there to be a sisterhood. I just. Don't know if I'm going to see it in my lifetime, but that would be my my hope. But it's things like this. So she says something like, you know, I've never called another person ugly. I don't even call. I would say that um, there are ugly dogs, but not ugly people. And I was like, <laughs> well, if she had gone to my school when I was growing up, she would have been hearing when they were calling me ugly. <laughs> and I remember going to Sabbath school and I'm not even going to play you. I was just glad it wasn't me. <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't my turn that that time. But um, and this was for years from like when I was a little kid all the way up through my teens. But we would get dressed up, you know, and go to church for Sabbath school. And there would be little boys in there and they would be just roasting these little girls for everything. I still almost want to cry. I remember one of them, they were calling her a horse. You know, and I mean, they just went in on her lips and she's to me, she's pretty, you know, but she was dark skin and she had big lips and um, yeah, just the dark skin. And they were just making the horse noises and, you know, just making fun of her looks and everything. And she would try to get away from them and they would just follow her around the um the church making those noises. And I remember part, I still remember like the door open and she comes in and she's trying to like, and this had been happening for several hours at this point. And, um, it's just, they just thought it was so funny. And it's like, whew, it's not me. I didn't have it that bad to where they were following me, but yeah, you know? And so it's like, you have that kind of culture where they, value you know the being of the soul right and you being an entity and 
having some value, you know, coming here, juxtapose, right? Juxtapose to, I mean, every black girl has gotten, um, what is it? Uh, uh, there was the word that came to mind has gotten, um, not blazed, hazed. Every black girl has experienced this, right? If if you grew up in the black, if you went to a black church or you went to school with black kids, you got hazed. It's part of like your, um, what do you call it? Your rites of passage. If you have not been made fun of for how big your nose is, for the color of your skin, for your lips, you know, or called ugly, you, you, I'm just going to do a bite and you are not a black person. <laughs> um, and so the contrast is so different, right? It's so, so different. And um, I was, like I said, I am listening. I'm in about halfway through listening to it too, but it, it's so interesting too to me because you can take the same scenario and have two different people from two different paths of life and is going to mean something completely different, right? Um, uh, I'm not ready to go into all of that yet. I, I still have to do some introspection, but but um, yeah, I was just like, what? No, no, no. Welcome over to this side. Like, <laughs> and And you know what? I think that It is really weird because it would be, can you imagine growing up in a culture where we didn't have to have that type of language? What if more people, but, but, and even when you think about like even Western society, right? I think it was Kevin Samuels that was saying that white women are um considered more beautiful now bear in mind white men came up with a system for their women to to elevate them as beautiful and so you have someone like Kevin Samuels propagating that right um and so if we're not phenotypically blonde hair blue eyes you know small lips small nose you know straight hair light skin, fair complected, that that really can take a toll on your on your psyche type of a thing. And I've talked about that growing up too. I still I you know, remember high school um literally like just trying to get it through day to day and then you're just kinda happy it's not you and that was at a Christian school. So um I'm going to say, you know, if there is to be, not if, but when there's a sisterhood, the the best way it's going to, you know, become cohesive is if, yeah, the conversations help, but it's one thing I, I, I want to say about the sisterhood too, because I, I think that most of my listeners are going to be black women you're going to resonate with me a little bit more. And I and, and I have no other way because this is exactly like that point, like I was saying, like when she was saying like she's never called anybody ugly or anything. And even her whole culture, 
that type of stuff, except for when it comes to dogs, is the complete opposite for on our side. But the conversations are different. But one thing I do want to say as I'm closing out here for black women, here's what I love about us. Here is what I love about us. I love our resolve because we are figuring this stuff out. We are having conversations amongst ourselves and we are figuring out because what I was going to say is, you know, other white, other women would need to, you know, kind of understand the plight of the black woman and, you know, rescue us, which, yeah, we are damsels in distress. I'm not even going to lie. Like sometimes the it's, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, but um, at the same time, and, and it's even things like uh, it can put you into the space where you have to be independent and you have to have tough skin. But one of the things I do love about us is that we're not going to necessarily be with our hand out waiting for other women to save us or other men to save us. We have to figure out ourselves and what life means and how to get ourselves out of the things that literally, with, even after the civil rights, we're still working 243 days more to make equal wages. If a lot of us are homeowners, we're still dealing with the mere fact that if our house is going to get appraised, it's going to be appraised for hundreds, sometimes hundreds of thousands less than our neighbors for no other reason than that we're black. Happened to me. Happened to me, you know, <laughs> bought my house, sold my house. As soon as it switched hands within three months, it went up $100,000 in value. You know, so, and, th- and this was just within a, like past couple years, right? Um, but, but, and so if, if, and because I, you know, so if you have, you know, I would say black women in your circle and you're trying to create this sisterhood and, you know, I think even when we think about the hierarchy of needs, it's easier for them to get to the altruistic. And there's actually studies about this too. Um, it's not coming off, uh, coming to mind right off the rip, but there's actually studies about this too. Um, but it doesn't take a rocket scientist. Part of the reason women in other cultures are really able to rest in their femininity and not have that stress. I, I remember hearing, um, it was like a clip or something. A guy was talking about how the, the white women are so feminine and but and it's also easier for them to manifest because they don't have a lot of the um hangups that we do over on this side there there's there's uh studies on it it's easier you know just everything that comes with it um but it doesn't mean that we can't do it and i think that you know it's that fine line like i think some black women are more um I want to say not more open, but they're more um, inviting, I guess, or willing to engage. I'm still, I, I'm still guarded, you know, but at this point, um, it's kind of like, let me, let me, I'm turning Cali girl. I'm using a lot of word like, but If you have black women around you, I'm not saying to 
view them as a victim, but understand that if if you hear yourself speaking of certain morals and ideals and to a certain degree they agree with you but you find yourself kind of looking down at them like well what do you mean your husband this that and the third or your boyfriend this that and the third or whatever it's like understand that there's a little bit of conditioning that's happening on our end that makes us view things differently and this is a perfect case in point i actually did laugh because she's like i would never call another person ugly um, um, just the dog, I'm like, <laughs> nope, 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 nope. And even for my niece, she hasn't been gotten called ugly, but, um, I already know there's stuff happening from with her, like at the high school. Um, I think more so at the high school level, um, type of a thing. And, um, her best friend is a black girl. And, um, I, and I, I don't, I don't want to spill too much of the tea, but it's even things like when, when you talk about who they really choose. So, <laughs> um, even at the high school level, I'm going to just leave it at that. <laughs> it's like, so I know that, that she's going through and she's pretty. And I'm not just saying that cause she's um, her auntie. I'm not, you know, um, but, um, the best thing I could probably do is just sit back and observe it because what, what is it going to take for there to be a sisterhood? Because the way that we grew up is so different. Here's one thing I want to make sure I do say too. And I apologize if it sounds disconnected, but I'm at a, I'm at a, I'm at a tipping point. Um where I'm really toying with the idea of what it means to turn my back on the black community and I want to do another podcast on this because you know, sometimes and in myself included have thrown stones at other people and we say, Oh, they're disconnected. That's not how it is, you know, over here on this side of stuff. And so I will be not not privy to people who are really struggling, right? Like even now, because of where my lifestyle is, I'm not in a relationship where I'm being abused or you know, I don't have children that I, I am caring for. Um, and so if I really start to talk that way, it can create a disconnect. But the way I feel right now is that a part of me still wants to make sure that that woman is able to experience happiness and see what's out there, you know, to move away from the things that I even grew up with, like in the conditioning, you know. Um, but yeah, let me get off of here. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. I think one, one of the things I wanted to circle back, cause I think I tried to talk about it twice was the hierarchy of needs. So for black women, even in 2022, and I don't want it to be a limiting belief, but, um, just understanding that we're just still working for, you know, making sure we're not getting evicted, that we have a roof over our head, that we're working those 243 days to get the equal pay of our white counterparts, that we're, we have running clean water like in Flint, Michigan, that we have, 
you know, that way, even even things that come down to how we look because of our appearance, we've been kissed by the sun, we have more melanin in our skin. Some of us are phenotypically, you know, have the coarser hair, we don't have the straight hair, the, you know, fine features or a certain body build. And you know, everything, those, those lower Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So when you see other women that are able to rest in their femininity, they're higher up on the scale in the hierarchy of needs. And I'm not saying, please understand, I'm not saying that black women can't get to the altruistic level. It takes a little bit more, um, grit, but even in that process, it's kind of like, that's how you do end up in these positions where you have to be independent right and so for them like even when you look at the um things we've been going through like with the lisa right how there was a um outpour of of dominant society coming out to avenge what had happened to her and but yet still we have 10,000 rape kits for black women in black communities that haven't been addressed but for her it was like an outpour so the the just the growing up Part and the messages that are sent to us are two completely different messages in 2022. 2022, I did the podcast on it. 10,000 rape kits from 2017 for black women. And it, for Elisa, I mean, the within the moment that she went missing, FBI is on it. Thou- hundreds of, of police officers, forensic, news media, press releases. So same world, different outcomes. So um the, if 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 you have for example Elisa's friends they're like well we got justice for her we had the police come out the po- you know media press we we really show out for our women you know um and then the rest of us are going like dang i'm getting hard by my own men reported, not getting any justice there, going for two and three years, not taking seriously. So our needs are different. We we all still have levels of oppression, right? There still needs to be camaraderie between the sisterhood um, type of a thing. But right now we're we're so diverse in our our needs. We're so diverse in our needs that it's it's separating us. Now we're not seeing eye to eye. Um, but with that being said, you know, like I said uh, just a little bit before this was one thing I do love about, about us. And it, it can mean that we might be coming across a little bit, quote unquote, more masculine and or understanding what it means to be, quote unquote, independent. But I think that against the backdrop of what all the other cultures are going through right now, um, there's more behind the scenes. And I I don't want you to get stuck there. I want you to kind of like push through it. Um, And I'm pushing through it. It's it's some dark energy. Um, if, If I had a magic wand, I would... Definitely sprinkle it and make sure that one thing, if I had one superpower or I had my three magic wishes, I promise you on everything I love, I would do, uh, you know, like how in the men in black, they have the little thing and they pull it out and it like erases your memory. 
I would erase from all of the little black girls' memories all the times they were bullied for the color of their skin or for their hair or for anything. I mean, I would just like, bloop. I would definitely absolutely use what, like if I were Miss, you know, on Miss Universe and they asked me, you know, like one of those questions like, well, what if you had three wishes and, you know, they always wish for like world peace and, you know, to end poverty and hunger. No, that would be my wish. Like if we could just release all of that, just that part, you know, it's not a lot, but that would be like one of my wishes. So. All right, now I'm done. Bye.